Welcome to Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Teaching you how to manage your mind so that you can create relationships you love. And now, here's your host, certified relationship coach and expert in all things love, friendship and mind drama, Rebecca Orr. Hi guys, Happy New Year. How is everybody doing today? I don't know about you, but does anyone else find the first week of January so incredibly difficult? (laughs) My brain just cannot handle it. It's throwing such a tantrum about Christmas being over and about having to get up and actually put on clothes instead of just lounging around in my pajamas and it is just not happy about it. But one thing that is getting me feeling more ready and more raring to go is the launch of my next round of group coaching, which depending on when you listen to this, launched yesterday. So if you're listening to this on Friday morning or Friday afternoon, depending where you're listening from, you might still be able to get the 10% off discount that's only available for the first 24 hours of doors being open and doors open Thursday night. So if you know for certain you want to sign up and you're just taking your sweet time, go fast to get the discount. But if you're listening to this after Friday, I am sorry, but it will be the usual price for you, which is still a great investment and a great way to use your Christmas money. (laughs) The program is honestly my favorite thing to run because it's always such a supportive place filled with so many wonderful people, all dealing with similar struggles in their relationships and with their brains and all ready to make changes. And I'll talk a little bit more about the program towards the end of the episode, but I will say that if my podcast resonates with you and my Instagram posts resonate with you and you know you have some things to work on, why not make 2024 the year you finally master your relationship mind drama? What might it be like if you were to really believe in yourself and believe that you could create these changes and become more secure and confident in yourself and in your relationships? And you know, we're going to be diving into everything I talk about on the podcast, but on a much deeper level, and I'll be helping you actually apply the tools and the work to your own unique brain, which is what you need to do in order to actually create any kind of change. But like I said, I will give you more information on the program and how it works at the end of the episode. So for now, let's dive into today's episode, which is intuition versus anxiety. So this is one that I get asked so many questions about, not only from my clients, but actually on Instagram as well. People will often drop into my DMs and ask me questions about this. Questions like, how do I know if it's anxiety or a gut feeling? Or if my intuition says they're lying, does that mean that it's true? And just things like that. And of course, we're inundated with the posts about how it's important to trust your gut and trust your intuition, which of course makes us feel even more on edge because then we think that we're supposed to be able to trust this deep knowing within ourselves. And if we can't be sure, then we're broken in some way. So let's start by talking about the meaning of intuition. So intuition is described as the ability to understand something instinctively without the need for conscious reasoning. And an article on Psychology Today describes it as a faculty in which hunches are generated by the unconscious mind, rapidly sifting through past experiences and cumulative knowledge. So your unconscious mind is noticing things, perhaps a slower response time in someone's text messaging or a shift in their tone or a change in their breathing, whatever it might be. And it's then using your past experiences and knowledge to make an assessment to provide you with a hunch, an idea, an interpretation. Now, in some cases, that can be really useful. 
our past experiences and knowledge can be useful in many situations for predicting potential outcomes and making decisions. But the problem is your past experiences and knowledge, as in the things you believe to be true, can also cause big problems when assessing a situation because they can cloud your judgment and lead you to make assumptions based on your past and your own limiting beliefs rather than the reality. And I remember one time I used the term gut feeling to describe what I was going through, what I was feeling, and it was the morning of my driving test. (laughs) So it was the fourth time that I was taking the test, and I remember texting my girlfriend saying, I just have a gut feeling that I'm going to fail. (laughs) And I really did. I just felt this knowing. I was so certain that I wasn't going to pass. And for a moment, I really believed that because I felt that certainty and knowing that that meant that it was true. It turns out I did pass. (laughs) It was fourth time lucky. So how do we explain my gut feeling? Well, I'd failed three times. (laughs) My brain had been through the experience of nerves on the morning of a test, the adrenaline of taking the test, and then the outcome of failing the test. That pattern had happened three times. So of course, when faced with the situation of another test, my brain's intuition, its hunch based on past experience and cumulative knowledge, was that I was going to fail again. And I've had similar things happen in my relationships, of course, as well as seeing my clients face similar situations. For example, a client of mine had been cheated on in her past two relationships and When she discovered the cheating, there had been text messages and things on her partner's phone that she had discovered. So her brain was, of course, on red alert for that happening again. And so when her partner was being a little quieter than usual, and she noticed subtle changes in the way he was acting with his phone, like taking it with him in moments where he wouldn't usually and hesitating before letting her borrow it, things like that, her brain felt an instant rush of anxiety. Her brain had taken in the information of his behavior, interpreted it, and the interpretation, the story, had created a feeling of anxiety in her body, because that's how we know it always works. Our brain has thoughts, creates that anxiety in our body. She then believed this to be intuition and a gut feeling, and therefore a sign of truth. So I'm going to say that again, because it's really important. Her brain had taken in the information, interpreted it, created a story about it, That story had created the feeling of anxiety in her body. And then she then believed this experience of the anxiety was a sign of intuition and a gut feeling, and therefore a sign of truth. And this is the other thing that's difficult about anxiety and intuition. We call intuition gut feelings, but anxiety is also a feeling that many of us experience in our guts, in our stomachs. For me, I don't so much. I feel it in my chest and in my throat. But for many of my clients, they feel it in their stomachs. That's where they feel anxiety. So it can become really confusing. This is why the blanket statement of trust your gut can be so problematic when our brains are always spinning scary stories and narratives that we would be ill-advised to automatically trust. But anyway, she felt this anxiety. And so she texted her friend saying she had a gut feeling he was cheating on her. And so she ended up looking through his phone and found no evidence of cheating, but she did find some Google searches looking for engagement rings. (laughs) So here, her brain had picked up on subtle changes, which were very real. His behavior had in fact changed, but her interpretation of the story wasn't factual. It was an assumption based on her past. 
And our brains do notice things. We notice changes in people's behavior, changes in their breathing or their body language or the way they're talking or texting or acting. And our brains are then just noticing and registering this difference. And when we just notice that difference with no added story, we don't feel anxious. We feel neutral, feel calm. It's the story that our brain then adds to that observation that creates our emotion. So this means they're cheating, they're mad at me, they're lying to me. And of course, what that would then mean for you if those things were true. So anxiety is always created by anxious thoughts in the brain. And the appearance of those anxious thoughts have nothing to do with the reality and whether those thoughts are true or not. We can all think of times that this has happened. You can think for sure someone is mad at you and then it turns out they were just asleep and didn't see your message. Or you can think someone is mad at you and it turns out you're right, they were annoyed and they were ignoring your message. You thinking they're mad doesn't mean it's true one way or another. It just means your brain has offered you that thought. And the problem we often run into is we believe that our brains are always telling us the truth. We think our brains are just observing reality and reporting it back to us exactly as it is, which is not the case. Your brain is taking in the information through your senses, sight, touch, taste, smell, sound, and then it's processing it, making decisions about it, translating it and interpreting it in order to make sense of it. And the interpretations your brain comes up with aren't based on facts. It's based on things like your past experiences, your default ways of already thinking about things, your default beliefs, and fear. Because as we all know, our primitive brains are designed to keep us safe, which makes fear a necessary default. Your subconscious brain is also always looking for evidence to prove its beliefs true. So if you have the belief that your friend isn't as invested in the relationship as you are, then it makes sense that when taking in the information of a delayed text back, it's going to jump to the conclusion that they're ignoring it because that's the assumption that best supports its existing belief. Just like if you have a belief that you aren't attractive enough for your partner, your brain will take in the information of them talking to someone that you deem attractive, maybe an attractive coworker or a friend that they have, and your brain's assumption is going to be that they find them more attractive than you. (laughs) because that is the assumption that best supports your existing belief. So your brain is not a reliable narrator. And I can imagine you asking, so what the hell are we supposed to do then, Rebecca? (laughs) If we can't trust our own minds or our guts all of the time, how are we supposed to know what to think? And so I'm going to share with you what I believe to be the best steps in moments of anxiety or when you're getting a gut feeling about something and you're unsure how to move forward. Step one is assess the facts. Your brain will want to instantly tell you that all of its thoughts are facts. (laughs) But remember, thoughts are assumptions and interpretations. Facts are things that are 100% true and provable. So take a moment to really separate out the facts that you know with 100% certainty are true, not what you intuitively believe to be true. What is a definite fact here that everyone would agree on that you could prove? For example, my boss has asked me to call at 5pm is a fact. You could prove that. It's written in an email. (laughs) This means she's going to fire me is not a fact yet. It's your brain's assumption. Then step two is to notice the assumption. What story has your brain decided is true here? What's the interpretation your brain has chosen? And consider for a moment, why might my brain automatically jump to this? 
based on my past experiences, how does it make sense that my brain would go here? I'm reading a book about the nervous system at the moment, and it mentions how when there's a lack of information, our subconscious mind will try to fill in the blanks using our past experiences. So where your brain isn't certain or sure about something, doesn't have all the facts, all the information yet, it will make a decision based on your past experiences. And again, this can be really useful sometimes. If I was choosing between two jobs and I wasn't certain which one to choose, my brain relying on my past experiences and making the best educated assumption it could would be really useful for me in that decision-making process. So it's not always a bad thing. But noticing what the facts are and what the assumptions are that your brain is jumping to is really important if you want to be the one in charge and be the one consciously managing your mind. So once you've spent a moment noticing the assumption and considering where that assumption might have come from, then spend a moment questioning that story. How might I be wrong about this? What else could be true here? What evidence might my brain be dismissing when it tells me this? What evidence might it not be considering that would disprove this theory? What other explanations or possibilities hasn't my brain considered here? Asking yourself these questions doesn't necessarily mean talking yourself out of your assumption. It just means putting your assumption under the microscope and really slowing down and looking at it objectively. Then step three is to consider, where do I need more information? If you know your partner has been late home three nights this week, Jumping to the conclusion that they're unhappy in your relationship or having an affair wouldn't likely be useful. But taking action to find out more information, like having a conversation with them and trying to find out why that is, is going to help you gather more data. Getting more information helps you to fill in more blanks instead of allowing your subconscious brain to fill them in for you. So ask yourself, where might I need to find out more before jumping to conclusions? And the truth is, often we don't know the truth about something straight away, and that's okay, we're not supposed to. For some reason, a lot of us pride ourselves on our intuition, and then shame ourselves if our intuition didn't magically tell us that someone was going to cheat or turn out to be wrong for us. But remember, as I talk about in episode 26, why you don't need to see it coming, expecting yourself to be psychic and predict the future, and read people's minds or know facts of situations before they're revealed to you, is such an unfair expectation. You're not supposed to intuitively tell if your partner is in a bad mood because he wants to end the relationship or because his boss was a dick to him today. You're not supposed to know intuitively whether someone has cheated or not. You don't win a prize for guessing right first time. (laughs) And you shouldn't be shamed or judged for not knowing something that you have no way of knowing in that moment. Your only job is to respond to the facts of a situation as and when you become aware of it. And I think the biggest reason we're so determined to rely on intuition and gut feelings is out of a desire to feel certain, which is a very normal human desire. We want to believe that there's a magical knowing that we can lean on and tap into that will protect us from ever getting our hearts broken or being surprised by something bad happening, and then we can feel safe. But the reality is, we can't escape the uncertainty of life. Life is uncertain, people are uncertain and unpredictable. And the more we try and create safety by predicting the future and controlling things happening outside of us, ironically, the less safe we feel. The safety we need to create is safety within ourselves. The safety of believing that whatever happens outside of us, we can handle it. That if it turns out they are mad at us or that they do leave or that they were lying, we can weather that storm. 
we can handle the pain and that we'll be okay and have our own backs throughout life's ups and downs, which is something I talk a lot about in my last episode. So definitely go and check that one out if you haven't already. So there you have it. That is my take on intuition versus anxiety. If this is something you struggle with and you often feel unable to manage your anxious thoughts, especially within your relationships, then my 12-week group coaching program could not come at a better time for you. Doors to enroll in Master Your Relationship Mind Drama are officially open and this is where you're going to be able to learn all about the tools and concepts I discussed on this podcast, but on a much deeper level and learn how to actually apply them to your own unique situations and your own unique brain. And we will be beginning on the week of the 15th of January, so not long now. And you will get to choose between two groups. One will be on Mondays at 12pm GMT, which is UK time. Or the other will be on Tuesdays at 7pm GMT. Every round I have people from all over the world and it all takes place on Zoom. So don't panic if you're not from the UK. That is totally fine. I have tons of people from all over America, from Australia, from Europe. Just convert those times into your own time zone and then see which group would work best for you. And when you sign up, I'll be asking which group you'd prefer based on your time zone and your schedule. Throughout the program, we will meet every week for 90 minutes on those set group times and all calls will be recorded. So if you can't come along one week, don't panic. You can just watch the replay. And each week we'll be covering a different part of my online program, which of course you will also be getting access to when you enroll. And we'll be covering things like processing emotions, managing and challenging thought patterns, manuals and our expectations of others, people pleasing, boundaries, uncertainty and fear about the future of your relationships, your thoughts about you and so, so much more. And as well as the group calls and access to my online program, you also get three one-on-ones with me. So one-on-one coaching calls, just me and you across those 12 weeks. And you will also get access to a Facebook group where I can support you and provide feedback in between our sessions. And you can, of course, go and get to know the other members and support them on their journey too. Without the discount, it's 250 per month. That's pounds, 250 pounds per month or 750 pounds in full please just go to google and ask what 250 pounds is in your currency please don't instagram message me to ask me what 250 pounds is in dollars (laughs) you have google you can do that for yourself and i'll put the link with all the details and some frequently asked questions in the information section of this episode so definitely go and check that out you have until next saturday the 13th to sign up and spots are limited because i like to keep the group small i try to keep no more than 10 in each group And last time, the 20 spots filled really fast and were actually full before the doors were supposed to close. So definitely act fast if you know that this is something that you really want to be a part of. And of course, if you have any questions at all, you can come and ask me on Instagram or email me at Rebecca at RebeccaOrCoaching.com and I'll be happy to answer them. And finally, can I ask that you do a little something for me? If you are loving this podcast, please could you go ahead and give it a little rating on whatever platform you're listening from. That is how I can keep reaching more and more people and spreading the word of this work. So it would really mean a lot to me. Okay, guys, have an amazing weekend. And I hope to see some of you come and join me in Master Your Relationship Mind Drama. Bye. If you're loving this podcast, you can also hang out with Rebecca on Instagram and TikTok at Rebecca or Coaching. Don't forget to sign up to her email list for exclusive freebies and for more information on her one-to-one and group coaching programs. 